The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Practical Spirituality. Positive Messages. This is UnityOnlineRadio.org. The Voice of an Awakening World. Welcome to Truth Transforms. Join in for spiritually enlightening discussion and the practical application of new thought principles. Here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome to Truth Transforms. I'm your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. I am the executive minister, senior assistant minister, and the director of the Johnny Coleman Institute at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois where the Reverend Dr. Derek B. Wells is the senior minister and the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman is the founder. I'm in the midst of a series. I took off uh, one week, but I'm in the midst of a series titled Neville Goddard's Seed, Time, and Harvest, which is based upon an old book by Neville Goddard, who wrote under the name Neville, and that's titled Seed, Time, and Harvest. Now, I do know that there's some some versions of it now that are floating because the book is out of print, but there's some reprint versions on Amazon.com, and I know they put the whole book inside a book called The Neville Reader. Anyway, this book is to just give metaphysical Bible interpretations of how to create manifestations in our lives. So he takes Bible stories, and then he gives some inner symbolic, metaphysical, and mystical principles to help us understand how universal law works, how consciousness works, and how to produce the results we say we desire, and how to just live and function on a totally different level. And I really like the book because it's small, it's to the point, and it helps people get what they need to be able to get. Now, today I'm teaching the chapter, The Scale of Being, which is chapter four. The scale of being. And this is a really interesting chapter because it talks a lot about meaning. And I'm one of the people that often say that, you know, um, you know, we give meaning to everything in our own lives. And he's tackling it from a different level. Um, not one that's better or worse, but just different, different from the perspective. So let me not say level. He's teaching it differently. He's teaching it from the standpoint of understanding the causes behind the things that you see in life understanding the causes okay now we see an outward outward appearance we something happens factually okay now there's physical causes okay and then as you start to go back far enough you start to unveil the mental causes behind physical facts between behind physical experiences and he's calling that the scale of being so he starts off by reading genesis or or, or 
or having Genesis chapter 28, verses 12 and 13 at the beginning of the chapter, which is the part of the story of Jacob's ladder. And he, uh, quoting the scripture, and he dreamed, and behold, a ladder set up on the earth, and the top of it reached to heaven. And behold, the angels of God ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it. Now, I have great metaphysical interpretation of this based upon the unity interpretation developed by Charles and Myrtle Fillmore. But that's not what we're teaching today. So let me just break down what he wrote. So he wrote, in a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep fell upon Jacob, his inner eye was opened and he behold the world as a series of ascending and descending levels of awareness. Now, that's part of the Charles Fillmore interpretation. It was a revelation of the deepest insight into the mysteries of the world. Now, again, he beheld the world, what we see, what we experience as a series of ascending, going up and descending, going down levels of awareness. It was a revelation of the deepest insight into the mysteries of the world. Jacob saw a vertical scale of ascending and descending values or states of consciousness. This gave meaning to everything in the outer world, for without such a scale of values, there would be no meaning to life. Now, he's setting up what he wants to go, what he wants to teach later in the chapter. But I just want to make sure that we're getting that Jacob's ladder is representing ascending and descending levels of consciousness going up and down the ladder from levels of human consciousness up to levels of spiritual consciousness uh, or up to heaven. All right, back to the book. And my book is page 62. I have an original version of this book or, 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 or from the original publisher, rather. At every moment of time, man stands upon the eternal scale of meaning. There is no object or event that has ever taken place or is taking place now that is without significance. The significance of an object or an event for the individual is a direct index to the level of his consciousness. So, okay, so what a thing means to you and doesn't mean to you and how you experience it or even the, the actual result of it is a direct reflection of our levels of consciousness. How I see a thing is based upon my consciousness. How you see a thing is based upon your consciousness. Let me give an example. In scripture, it says that Moses sent 12 spies into the promised land. And 10 of the spies and the 10, the 12 people represented a representative from the 12 tribes. And 10 of the spies said, they're like giants and we're like grasshoppers. We'll never be able to take this land. But two of the spies, Joshua and I believe it was Caleb, but it's, it's leaving me right now, anyway said, we can take it. We can take the land. We can do this. This can happen. This can happen now. Let's go get it. It's, you know, you know, basically this is a land flowing with milk and honey. Let's go do it. But because they were functioning on level, different levels of consciousness, different levels of faith, different levels of understanding, different levels of acceptance. The two spies could see it. 
the other 10 couldn't. And the Hebrew people ended up staying in the wilderness for several decades because they had to let the old generation that believed in the old spies die out. And the only two people that actually went into the promised land were the two spies that believed that it was possible. Again, ascending and descending levels of consciousness. Back to the book. So it gives an example of a book. He says, you're holding this book, for example. On one level of consciousness, it is an object in space. On a higher level, it is a series of letters on paper arranged according to certain rules. On a still higher level, it is an expression of meaning. So see how we took a, just a book. It's just an object in space. Look at it from a higher level. It's paper, letters or words put on paper arranged according to certain rules. The rules of what? Language. The rules of formatting a book. On a still higher level, it is an expression of meaning. In other words, the author had intent. Now, it says looking outwardly, you see the book first, but actually the meaning comes first. It occupies a higher grade of significance than the letter arrangement on paper or the book as an object in space. Meaning determines the arrangement of letters. The arrangement of letters only express the meaning. The meaning is invisible. Now, this is key. The meaning is invisible and above the level of the visible arrangement of letters. If there had been no meaning to express, no book would have been written and published. In other words... The meaning is the why. The why. Why is this book even in print? Why did I write or type or format words in a certain level of arrangement and, and do all of this formatting and then create a book that takes up physical space if there was no meaning behind it? It's a reason why we do things. And it's a reason why things show up. He calls that, and behold, the Lord stood above it. So he says the Lord and meaning are one, the creator, the cause of the phenomena of life. All right? So the meaning stands above what you see yourself doing and expressing in your life. Everything you do has meaning even if you are not consciously aware of the meaning. Everything you do has meaning. There's a reason to do everything that you do. There's a reason, reason to attract every experience that you attract. There's a reason to create every experience that you create, or as Johnny Coleman used to say. I am the thinker that thinks the thought that makes the thing. The thinker gives it meaning. The thinker gives it power. The thinker is cause. First cause, because people say, well, thought is the cause, but the thought also had a cause. The thinker. So you can't have the thought without the thinker. And you can't have the thing without the thought. That's why it's thinker, thought, thing. Thinker, thought, thing. Thinker, thought, thing. All right, back to the book. So he quotes the Gospel of John, chapter 1. 
in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Now he plays with it based upon this understanding. In the beginning was the intention, the meaning, and the intention was the intender. Excuse me. And the intention was with the intender. Excuse me. And the intention was the intender. Let me read it again. In the beginning was the intention, the meaning. And the intention was with the intender. And the intention was the intender. The objects and events in time and space occupy a lower level of significance than the level of meaning which produced them. So this intention or meaning is, is very consistent with Jesus's original language of Aramaic, because one of the ways in which you can interpret in the beginning was the word was in the beginning was the consciousness in the beginning was the mind energy. In the beginning was the idea. In the beginning was the thought. In the beginning was the intention. So, so when you start looking at it from that standpoint, it breaks down this gospel of John differently. So he goes on to say, all right, Neville, all things were made by meaning. And without meaning was not anything made that was made. Remember, everything was made by the word and without anything and without the word, nothing was made that was made. All things were made by meaning. All things were made by meaning. This is taught in, in in the first chapter, of, or not the first chapter, second chapter of Genesis, when it says that God brought to Adam all the creatures of the world, and whatever Adam named it, that's what it was. Name symbolizes nature, and nature is the character of a thing, uh, the essential character of a thing, and the essential character or the meaning. The central character is how it is the is how a thing functions. So Adam was giving meaning to things, and we continue to do it now. What does this mean to me? You look at a situation. What does this mean to me? That's why you can be raised in the same household, same parents, treated basically the same way, and experience it differently. You could be at the same job, the same school. Uh, and experience it differently. One person could be married to a person and the meaning they give to their actions uh, create divorce. Another person could be married to the same person and their actions uh, promote a healthy marriage and wholeness. Meaning. Meaning. Some people you tell the truth and they appreciate it. Other people you tell the truth they don't want to hear it. Then you're being mean. Because you're being honest. So, he goes on to say, the fact that everything can be regarded as the effect on a lower level of significance. So that's lower, what you see in front of you, what your five senses can detect, what your five senses can experience, is the lower levels of the ladder. It's not at the level of meaning. Once you see it, once you can detect it with your five senses, once you can experience it, that's an effect. 
That's on the lower level of significance. That's not at the level of meaning. So he goes on to write. Our usual mode of procedure is to attempt to explain the higher levels of significance, why things happen, in terms of the lower levels, what and how things happen. For example, let us take an actual accident and try to explain it. Now, he gives this as an example, and I think this is brilliant. He wrote, most of us live on the level of what happened. The accident was an event in space. One automobile struck another and practically demolished it. Some of us live on the higher level of how the accident happened. It was a rainy night. The roads were slippery, and the second car skidded into the first. On rare occasions, a few of us reach the highest or causal level of why such an accident occurs. Then we become aware of the invisible, the, it's the state of consciousness which produced the visible event. Ah, ah. Now, are there, are there levels of awareness that create experiences based upon what we believe and what we don't believe. And I know this is hard, so let me just be clear. This isn't victim blaming. This isn't victim shaming. This is just teaching metaphysical law. And as Bruce Lee would say, absorb what is useful, reject what is useless. I'm presenting a lesson. If it works with you, great. If it doesn't, put it down. Or put it down until you can pick it back up again. All right? But the reason why I teach higher level material from time to time is because if you never stretch, if you never push yourself, then where will the growth come from except from having hard experiences that will force you to grow? I'm saying consciously grow, surrender into growth versus be, becoming impacted by life circumstances that force you to grow sometimes painfully. So push yourself, just like you would go to the gym. Okay, you, you, you walk 30 minutes on a treadmill, see if you can get to 40 minutes, see if you can get to 50 minutes, see if you can get to an hour. You have to push yourself. Uh, you lift in, you know, you can only do uh, exercises with five pound dumbbells, then you go to eight, then you go to 10, then you go to 15, then you go to 20. You push yourself, you can bench press, 40 pounds, you try to get to 60, then the 80, then the 100, then et cetera, et cetera. But you have to push yourself mentally. You have to push your, yourself so you can shatter paradigms that, don't, that won't get you the results you say you desire. Because here's, again, the secret to working with all these levels of uh, teachings, the, the Charles Fillmore's, the, the Neville's, the Joseph Murphy's, the Eric Butterworth's, the Ernest Holmes. And all of these people we consider giants in the New Thought movement. If you're not functioning at certain levels of consciousness, higher levels of consciousness, you will frustrate yourself and you will disappoint yourself because these authors are writing from a level that has to be met to be able to produce. Now, I know they say oh, all this stuff is universal law and it all works. I get that. But the universal law works through your consciousness. And if there are things that are disrupting the ability for you to produce clearly what you seek to demonstrate, then 
you have to rise above. You have to grow beyond. You have to function higher than the levels that you function at currently. You want to be a spiritual healer? That means you got to work. You want to be able to demonstrate prosperity through the use of spiritual principles? That means you got to work. Work on your consciousness. If you want to create peace and harmony, love and joy in your life, that requires consciousness work. That's a higher level. That's not just moving the pieces around in your life. Move to one place, date one person instead of dating another, uh, go from one job to another, one business to another without ever changing your mentality. You're always your own experience. I meet no one but me. This is the process that allows us to grow. But you got to play with it. And I mean that literally, play. Because that's how you learn. I learned sports by playing sports. Playing basketball, playing baseball or softball, playing football, playing soccer. Play with it. Play with it. See where it takes you. Play with it. Back to the book. So he wrote, so going on, he says, in this case, the ruined car was driven by a widow who thought she felt she could not afford to greatly desire to change her environment. Having heard that by the proper use of her imagination, she could do and be all she wished to be. The widow had been imagining herself living in the city of her desire. At the same time, she was living in a consciousness of loss. See how you can... Mess up and adulterate what it is you're seeking to do, both personal and financial. So she was financially at a loss and personally at a loss. Therefore, she brought upon herself an event which seeming, which was seemingly another loss, but the sum of money the insurance company paid her allowed her to make the desired change in her life. So in other words, she got what she wanted, but she had to ha- go through a painful experience to get it because she also had a consciousness of lack. She wanted what she wanted. But she just couldn't accept that she could just get it. So the circumstances had to be created, according to Neville, that created the money, even if it had to come through what could be outwardly viewed as a a negative experience. All right. So he goes on to write, when we see the why behind the seeming accident, the state of consciousness that produced the accident, we're led to the conclusion that there is no accident. Everything in life has its invisible meaning. Everything in life has its invisible meaning. So what he's basically saying is you got to go back. The metaphysical thinker has to go back and start looking at and start asking the why question. Okay. If certain things keep happening to me, something's going on in my own consciousness, my own mentality, and I'm drawing the people and creating the experiences for this to continue to happen. That continues to happen. Now, I was just thinking about this the other day. Um, You know, you have those, you know, shower revelations, and I was just thinking about how... um, you know, some people I know that have been um, dramatically affected by uh, 
cigarette smoke or alcohol abuse or drug abuse. And at one level, drug abuse is alcohol abuse. The cigarette abuse can show up as physical dynamics, you know, with the lungs and breathing with with the cigarettes, the with the, um, you know, other things that go along with drug abuse and alcohol abuse um, or drug use. I don't even say drug abuse, drug use, alcohol abuse. I don't drink, smoke, uh, do anything. I'm, you know, I don't even drink coffee. <laughs> but anyway, uh, you know, because I don't like anything that interferes with my thinking at all. Uh, and all those things interfere with your thinking because they affect your mood. Anyway, the there's physical uh, results that come from the, using those things. Now, that's at a level. There's a physical level of actually choose, using it in your body. There's, you know, but when you start going back, I say, well, my body craves it. Okay, that's one level. But what causes you to use it? What's the why behind it? What was a person running away? What was a person seeking? What is the pe- person now holding on to? What are the meanings that they give it? Like I know a, a person that said, you know, I can't drink my beer without a, without a cigarette. Okay, well, you you like to drink beer, or you like to drink cigarettes, so you got to have both, or you can have your health. Or what what is the what is the belief system behind it? What hurt is trying to be filled? What so some people say I needed to calm down. Okay, that means, and this is what the revelation that I got in the in the in the bathroom in the shower was: a, a person who does not have the ability to cope and get themselves in the state without the use of outer things has to have a crutch. Now, depending on the level of of what you use, that could be problematic. Okay, so if the highlight of your day is the drug, whether it's lighter drugs like you know weed or harder drugs like crystal meth or cocaine, it's still, I need this to function. I don't know who I am without it. If you need, if you're at work and you can't go and you can't go a work day without the brakes to get the cigarette hit, then that's telling you that you don't have the ability to function or cope without it. Your body's addicted to it, but it's also a mentality that's addicted to it. Or you can't wait to get home to get that first glass drink of something, then that means your body, your mind can't cope and can't balance itself or calm itself down without an outer stimulant. It's, it's understanding meaning. Looks like it's time for us to take the first break, uh, the only break. We'll be right back with True Transforms. Awaken to the divine within. You're listening to UnityOnlineRadio.org. Welcome back to Truth Transforms with your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. 
welcome back to Truth Transforms. I do want to give anyone who wants to ask a question an opportunity to call in. You can call in at 816-251-3555. 816-251-3555. Also, I want to make sure that you are aware that today is Ash Wednesday. And in the Christian world, people are doing all different type of things to celebrate the uh, beginning of the Lenten season. Um, Christ Universal Temple will have a Lenten service at 12 noon Central Time today on Facebook and YouTube. So you can check that out or watch it later. Watch it later. Also, just be reminded that we teach Facebook Live lessons. Today will be Ash Wednesday, but normally throughout the year, we do a lesson based upon uh, our senior minister, the Reverend Dr. Derrick B. Wells' book, Live Happy. We take Monday through Friday, we take the daily lesson because it's 365 lessons, and we teach better living principles. You want to make sure you tune into that. Also, Reverend Wells has a Facebook uh, class or session he does on, uh, which is called, what? Temple Talks. I was trying to remember what it was. Temple Talks, which is at 7 p.m. Central Time on Facebook. Just put at Rev Derek Wells or at Derek Wells. It should pop up. Anyway, let's move on. And always Sunday service. So make sure 10.30 a.m. Central Time, Facebook, Christ Universal Temple, YouTube, CU Temple, website, cutemple.org. All right. God bless. Let's get back to it. All right. I was giving an example of of meaning why people do what they do, why people do what they do. And I used some examples before we stopped, before we uh, went to break. I'm moving on past that now because I'm sure some of you all are like, now you're meddling, Rev. Now you're in my business. But I always want us to make sure that we understand that the moment you say that you need something to balance, just be aware that that's what's happening. Because the goal is mastery over self. And you can't be ma- you can't be a master over self when something is mastering you. It don't make a difference what it is or who it is. You can't be a master of self if something is mastering you. All right. Okay. Now back to the book. Uh, uh, page 67 in my book. All right. He goes on to write. He says, the man who learned of an accident, the man who knows how it happened, and the man who knows why it happened are on three different levels of awareness in regard to that accident. On the ascending scale, each higher level carries us a step in advance toward the truth of the accident. We should strive constantly to lift ourselves toward the higher level of meaning, the meaning that is always invisible and above the physical event. In other words, the meaning of or the reason why a thing happens is always more than meets the eye. Yeah, their physical actions. A person punched the person in the face. Okay. Now, why is this person walking around punching people in the face? Now you got to start getting into belief systems, intention, uh, conditioning, programming, so many factors, uh, how they're interpreting life how life is occurring to them. All those things matter. Then it says, but remember, the meaning or the cause of the phenomenon of life can only be found 
within the consciousness of man. In other words, when you're seeking to really get to the cause of a matter, to the meaning of a matter, to the reason of a matter, you all you always have to go back to the mentality. Always. Always. Because if you can deal with the mentality of why a thing is going is being done, now you can deal with it. There are companies that have bad um, um, policies, for instance, that go along with taking care of the world, as far as you know the the um, you know with cult, the the climate and things of that nature. When you go back far enough, you just did realize you're dealing with greed. And now, why are these people greedy? So you just got to go back far enough. Then you'll start to see the reasons why people do what they do. More importantly, you'll see the reason why you do what you do. Because you can say, oh, that's just the way I am. No, 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 no. There's some beliefs behind the way you are. There's some beliefs behind the way you show up. There's some beliefs behind why you do what you do, even if you're not aware of them. But you got to go up in consciousness to unfold what's there. You got to go up. You got to rise in consciousness. Back to the book. He goes on, and I love this. He wrote, man is so engrossed in the visible state, excuse me, man is so engrossed in the visible side of the drama of life, the side of what has happened and the how it happened that he rarely rises to the invisible side of why it happened. In other words, was paying so much attention to the outer that now we're not paying attention to the inner states of consciousness that produced, attracted, and created the experience. Then he wrote, he refuses to accept the prophet's warning. Then he quoted Hebrews 11.3, which is one of my favorite scriptures, especially when it comes to manifesting. Things which are seen were not made of things that do appear. I'll read it again. Hebrews 11.3. Things which are seen were not made of things that do appear. So, in other words, even though we see cause, we see effects and we think that the cause is at the physical level, there's always a mental cause behind the physical cause that created the effect. I hope you're getting what I'm saying. I know this is teaching it, you know, bringing the camel through the needle's eye. All right. All right. So he goes on to write. Man must recognize the lower and visible sides flow from the invisible and the higher levels of meaning. So you start paying attention to why is these things happening? Or why is this situation happening? And sometimes you can get lost in why. Let me just be clear. So let me just stop and give a recommendation right now. As you're growing in consciousness, the key that you want to focus on, in my opinion, as a teacher, and I've been teaching New Thought for 25 years, You want to get to the space to where, what is it that I'm seeking to produce? And put your attention, attention with an A, and intention toward those results. Continue to grow, continue to study, continue to pray, 
Continue to pay attention to your intuition, but don't get stuck in paralysis, in the paralysis of analysis. Be careful about it now, because at certain levels of consciousness, if you're functioning at lower levels of consciousness, this can create a lot of frustration because you can get stuck in why, 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 why. I was reading uh, on this Facebook page that I'm a part of where a, a young man was talking about he wanted to, um, you know, he's like, if Neville said you can do anything with the, through imagination, uh, can I race a dead body? And, I said, and people were saying, why don't you functional, go play with what you really desire and play with that? Because he's trying to ponder a level of awareness that is well beyond anybody that could be could even answer that on Facebook. Versus, can I make my life better? Can I be healthier? What does that look like? Can I have more prosperity? What does that look like? Can I have more joy? What does that look like? Can I have more love in my life? What does that look like? Can I release and forgive so I can go forward? What does that look like? And playing with spiritual principles to produce a better life experience People go off the deep end and they start to contemplate stuff that one doesn't have a direct effect on their life and two and two is not being done or developed so they can really be of help to others. They're just contemplating a hypothesis. So that's the other thing that I want to tell you all really quickly is be careful that you're not wrestling with theoreticals. What I mean by that is, what if this, and what if that, and what if this, and what if that? Sooner or later, you got to get your mind to what it is that you seek to produce. Where are you putting your attention and intention? Now, we're playing around here with higher concepts and principles. And again, I believe that you should stretch. But you don't stretch at the sacrifice of your own well-being. Okay? So nobody would say, okay, uh, you should be at the gym stretching or at your yoga class stretching while you're not while you don't have the income to pay your mortgage like you should be cut down on the stretching time unless you're trying unless stretching is your way you develop income and start working on doing what you need to do pray for advice and then take action so you can produce the income you need to do to take care of your responsibilities in other words don't be so heavenly that you're not earthly good. No earthly good. All right. Now that I got that out the way, now let's play with it now. Okay? Because you want you want to be able to to play with the highest ideals. And you have to be practical enough to be able to make sure that your business is in alignment. Your responsibilities are handled. All right? Even Jesus had a treasurer. <laughs> anyway. All right, back to the book. So how do we work with this? How do we develop an understanding of the higher levels of meaning? He wrote, intuition is needed to lift us up to the level of meaning, to the level of why things happen. Let us follow the advice of the Hebrew prophet of old and lift up our eyes onto the hills within ourselves and observe what is taking place there. See what ideas we have accepted as true what states we have consented to, what dreams, what desires, and above all, what intentions. So this is the introspection of consciousness. 
Now, where I got all the other stuff about handling your responsibilities out of the way, this is the introspection of consciousness. Why do I, what do I really believe? Why do I, why do I believe it? Why do I accept that? Do I still need to accept it? If, what beliefs do I need to embrace? What intentions do I need to create to produce the results that I at least say I want to express in my life? Because sometimes we say the right stuff, even to ourselves, but what we really believe is something else. Like the Apostle Paul wrote in Romans chapter 8, the things I don't want to do, I do. The things I do want to do, I don't. Now, there's, that's not that's a paraphrase, but you get the point. All of us will wrestle it from time to time with doing the things that we don't want to do. And the things we, don't, we do want to do, we don't do it. Even when we know it'll get us the results we desire. Even when we know it'll give us satisfaction and fulfillment. Even when we know it'll give us get us the loving experiences that we desire. Even when we know that it'll produce joyful experiences. Even when we know it'll produce healthful, uh, a healthy body. Even when we know that it'll help us develop more financial freedom. We still won't do it. So the question is, why? Why? We got to play with it. Why am I doing stuff that don't make sense? And why am I not doing the things that make sense? Why? All right, back to the book. Well, time won't give me time. Next page. Events appear on the screen of space to express the different levels of consciousness of man. A change in the level of his consciousness automatically results in the change of the phenomena of his life. So what he's saying is what we call physical experience, life lived, results, the Bible calls fruit, expresses the, our different levels of consciousness. When I meet you, I just don't meet the physical you. I meet your consciousness. When you go into a person's workspace, home, car, or anything that they're responsible for, you also are engaging in their consciousness, their energy signature to a certain extent, or vibration. When you drive in certain neighborhoods, well, not some, all neighborhoods also vibrationally reflect the consciousness of the individuals that live in it. No shade. No shade. But you know, everybody can't live in a, everybody doesn't live in a neighborhood where Amazon can just drop off the package in front of your house and then stay out there for four or five hours. Because there's a collective consciousness in the that's created from individuals that end up creating the space where somebody feels as though that the only way they can have is to, for you not to have, to get over on you. You 
there's some neighborhoods in Chicago where you can't leave the the moment the Amazon truck pull up and drop it off at your at, in front of your house, you got minutes to get that box or that package. That's reflective of the of the neighborhood consciousness. Maybe not yours completely, but and when I say not completely, what I mean by that is at a certain level, that's acceptable for you. Or you wouldn't live there. Now, I know people say, oh, no, you don't know. I've been living here. This is my neighborhood. My mama lived here. This is all I can afford. This is all that. And all of those things are outer causes. The real cause is at a level you accept it. For me to live here, I have to accept this because some people rather live in a in, in, in a studio apartment in a, in a affluent neighborhood versus living in a mansion in a violent poor neighborhood. Again, not throwing shade at anybody. I'm trying to show the contrast. There's certain things we accept. We accept. And the question is why? Because you never get there. You know, I don't want people in my space. I, you know, I jokingly tell people this, but I, I believe this wholeheartedly. You can't come to my house if I have to watch you. Now, we all know people have family and friends and people, extended folks. Everybody can't, everybody shouldn't be in your home. If I got to watch you, you shouldn't be there. If I can't trust you, I don't want you around me. Why? Because that that's value to me. So people are always having people around them that's misusing them, that's abusing them, lying to them, uh, stealing from them, and they continue to allow that to happen. Why? Because you can just deal with the fact that somebody stole something and how they did it, but but why are they in your space? And why do they have the opportunity to steal from you? And why do they have the opportunity to mess up your life? What inner belief does that person reflect in your life? Because they couldn't be in your space unless they were symbolic of something in your own consciousness. I really want you to get it. All right. Back to the book. Where am I here? All right. So he wrote, to attempt to change conditions before he changes the level of consciousness from whence they came is to struggle in vain. Man redeems the world, or I'm going to say his world or her world, as he ascends the vertical scale of meaning. So we try to change outer stuff without getting to the core. And what is the core? Life is consciousness. What is the core? I am the thinker that thinks the thought that makes the thing. What is the core? I am always my own experience. What is the core? I mean, no one but me. What is the core? I am a creator. 
of my own life experiences. I am 100% responsible for what shows up in my life. Now, there's a lot of outer causes that can happen. But the moment you take charge of your life, you also take the responsibility of saying, if it can show up this way, it can show up another way. Now, again, life is going to have you fight and battle at the level of effect and will try to mesmerize you into believing that everything is happening at the level of effect. And therefore, you don't address your own consciousness. It's easy to get caught up in, oh, my God, look at what's happening at the news. Okay, what's the mentality behind what's happening on the news? What is driving that behavior? What is attracting these experiences? What's producing these experiences? This is why Jesus said that it's not what goes in the mouth of man that defiles him, but what comes out, because what comes out comes from the heart. You, you get it? So he was saying, you're worried about the outer, and I'm trying to teach the inner. You're caught up in the in the effects of things. I'm trying to teach the inner process. I'm trying to help you understand what makes you tick. I'm trying to help you understand why this stuff shows up. But even Jesus couldn't get whether 2,000 years ago or currently as followers of his teachings to get people to understand that the man was teaching spiritual principles and consciousness. Everything else is the stuff we put on top of it. This is why I coined the term over a decade ago. Probably what? Probably almost 15 years ago now. But naked God. What is God beyond your religious beliefs, your rituals and symbols? What is God outside of your religious text, principle, mind action, divine law, butt naked God? Are you ready? And see, here's the question because everybody's not ready. Are you ready? to disrobe God. Now, when you are ready for that conversation, now you're really ready to play with this, these metaphysics. And not until, because until you're really ready to disrobe God, then you're still playing with metaphysics. Okay, it can make me feel a little bit better. Help me get a little bit of extra money. Uh, you know, I got a little bit of extra health. Or I got a couple of extra experiences. Or I, I made this, you know, this demonstration I wanted to make. But, but to really disrobe God means you got to disrobe you. And then you realize the Father and I are one. Are you really ready to disrobe God? Are you really ready to see butt naked God? Remember, Moses wanted to see butt naked God. And 
And, and, and he said, God, I want to see your face. Now, this is metaphorical speaking, of course. And God said, Moses, you can't see my face. It'll kill you. you ain't, in other words, you ain't the level of consciousness to deal with this. He says, but I'll, he said, but go hide in the, in the, you know, behind, you know, in the, in, in the mountain behind the rocks or whatever. And when I go by, you won't be able to see my face, but you'll be able to see my back or my, depending on the translation, my backside. In other words, you know, you don't see the principle. You only see the effects of the principle. You see what comes after it. Are you really ready to deal with butt naked God? Are you really ready to deal with I am always at cause? Are you really ready to deal with I give name, I name everything, I give everything as nature, I give everything as meaning? But naked God, are you really ready to deal with it? Because people say they want to grow spiritually. But to grow spiritually means giving up where you are. You can't hold on to the lower levels. That's the difference. Looks like we're about 40 seconds or so. So next week, I'm going to teach the, um, the chapter, which is chapter five, the game of life. The game of life. So again, we're working with some deeper stuff. I hope that you can stick with me because I'm going to go there in this series. I'm going there. And if you can go with me, great. But I remember what Johnny Coleman used to tell us. She said, I'm going to put it on the plate. Take off the plate what you can and leave what you can't deal with right now. Because she would teach high-level concepts. She knew at times people couldn't deal with it. <clears throat> but it was her responsibility to teach you. And it's also mine. So God bless you. Enjoy the rest of your day. And I'll be with you next week with Truth Transforms. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. I'm Michelle Phillips, a celebrity makeup artist, beauty expert, self-confidence coach, and Hay House author. My podcast, Beauty and Beyond, is the place for women navigating the challenges of the aging process. Listen in for my professional advice, as well as my expert guests, as we share valuable tips, practical tools, and empowering resources to help you not only look amazing, but also live an amazing life. Part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network and available wherever you get your podcasts.